Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breezes blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brooklets a hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart! Join in the song, new life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carousing, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome, friends, to this week's episode of Round Table Radio. Happy winter solstice to those who celebrated yesterday. I'm happy to say that I'm getting to take a tiny vacation this week after a long and pretty crazy year, and just before Omicron becomes a major problem, so my timing is pretty good there. I have my booster now, and we see a great drop in mortality even with the variants from taking those boosters, so even if there are some breakthrough cases, we'll all be safer and happier once we have more vaccinations going out more widely. Today, I'm going to talk a bit about writing beyond your genre, and how a book about writing comics helped me advance in my own abilities as a fiction writer. I also want to highlight a few best-selling books at the end of December that I think you might be interested in, and finally, I'm going to read a short poem by Robert Frost that I really think captures the feeling of winter. So let's dive right on in to writing beyond your genre. As writers, we often find ourselves working in one specific genre, fiction, popular fiction, poetry, etc. For some writers, this might be fine. But if you are serious about improving your craft, you should be seeking work beyond your norm. One of my most pleasant recent surprises was encountering a book on the process of writing comics and graphic novels called Words for Pictures by Michael Bendis. Now... This is a book dedicated to the craft of writing for a genre I do not yet write for professionally. If I was to search out the top 10 craft books for fiction in the world, this would not be one which arrives at the top of the list. And this illustrates the weakness of sticking within genre lines. This book explored all the important craft and artistic elements of making a comic book or graphic novel flow, but it managed to go so far beyond that as well, and its advice applies to a much broader field. So there are some of the elements are how to create good dialogue, pretty important in comics and elsewhere. What sets tone properly and what doesn't? How to go from point A, which is the idea, to point B, getting that idea onto the page. And that can also involve the writing of a pitch and synopsis. Honesty. An honest writer is going to be a better writer. And how to prioritize and manage large workloads, one of the most important things for a professional writer. 
Sometimes there was overlap with advice that I had encountered before, true, but that's not the point. What I gained from exploring this book was a different perspective on how to tell a unique and complex story, how to engage the reader in the characters and plot, and how to improve one's ability to evoke visualizations in the reader. All of this coming from a truly unique perspective to one that I had encountered before with purely fiction prose advice. What captures me most about this process of writing for graphic novels and comics is that when you're doing this, you are creating for a single reader. At most, you might be writing for five or six people if you include the artist, editor, assistant editor, colorist, inker, and letterer. Um, this is a larger team than most comics actually deal with. But in many circumstances, you're going to just be dealing with one reader, one person who you need to write directly for, and that's the artist. Now, it's so tempting to think about what happens after you write something, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, who will like it? Who will read it? Uh, perhaps thousands of people or millions. You know, maybe it'll become a hit. But see, this line of thinking only detracts from what really matters. That's the work itself. When you're writing for a single person, however, you are no longer trying to please everyone. Instead, you are using every tool at your disposal to evoke a particular collection of thoughts, emotions, and images in just one person. Just one solitary human being. If you look at your writing in this way, you gain a level of agency over your work, which many writers lose in the face of those desires of the crowd. This can happen a lot, I think, on various online sites like Medium uh, and other online articles as well, because everybody wants to get their pieces read and then have that monetary influx. So you get caught up in that and you lose sight of the work itself. Now, what you'll notice is that, you know, some writers write all over the place. Uh, for instance, my goal is to produce work that I love, not work that I think other people will love. It's work that I am invested in for the sake of my own interest in the material, not for the sake of the eventual payoff. So reading and writing beyond your usual genre can help you understand to become more aware of your own motivations as well. Why are you writing? Is keep in mind that there's nothing wrong with producing work just to try and get food on the table. There's this awful cultural myth floating around that the starving artist or the depressed artist create better work. That is utter friggin' baloney. I produce my best work when I'm happy, loved, and well-fed. It's okay to want those things. But at the same time, you may be pigeonholing yourself. You might be limiting your creative growth. If all you do is create work for a specific purpose, especially, especially a financial one. Jumping to an unfamiliar genre will certainly give your craft tools and you inspiration that allow you to improve all of your writing. But doing this could also help you realize a new way of expressing yourself as an artist in the world. Perhaps you have poetry inside you that, that's just waiting to be unlocked. Or maybe you only write poetry, but your experiences in life are exactly what the world of literary fiction needs. Reading words for pictures gave me insights into the craft of constructing a narrative that I needed, that I know I needed because the reading of this book inspired me to see scenes I've already written in new and complex ways. It's already helped me improve my current main project. Words for Pictures also gave me something I didn't know I needed, 
the twin realizations that I am good at writing for comic books and that I find it to be fun. I hadn't jumped into this genre um, and I never would have known otherwise. So for all of you undecided people out there, pick up some reading material that's beyond your comfort range. Pick a writing exercise that challenges you beyond your normal genre, what you're comfortable with. You really might be amazed by all of the priceless things that you find. So to that end, I'm also going to go over this week's bestsellers. There are a few that I think you're going to be really interested in here, and it connects directly with exploring genres outside of what you might normally want to experience. So first, we have a new book by Amanda Gorman. You may remember her from the inauguration address, the incredible poet who took the world by storm with her beautiful words. Uh, her newest book is a collection of poems called Call Us What We Carry. And the uh, publisher Weekly Review goes on to say that the volume goes beyond the inauguration poem to consider the larger role of history, struggle, and hope in American lives. Uh, this is actually uh, Gorman's third title uh, that was published this year. And let's see, I think it's her her inaugural poem has sold over 530,000 print copies since its April release. I don't know if you know much about the world of poetry, but uh, that is not the usual sales number for a, uh, a, a single, a single poem or a collection of poetry. So she's, she's really doing something pretty impressive here. And I love, love seeing it. Um, all right. We also have a novel, Lucky, by Marissa Stapley. A criminal with a winning lottery ticket scrambles to elude arrest in this thrilling adventure. It's uh, apparently it's a page turner that packs in more than its share of heart. Stapley has written three other books on her own, plus a fourth book in concert with uh, the author Karma Brown. Finally, we've got a book by Jimmy Chin. It's actually, uh, it's beautiful. There and Back, Photographs from the Edge. This is a collection of photos from nearly 20 years of expeditions around the world that Jimmy Chin uh, conducted. And it begins with his first, a trip to um, Pakistan in 1999. So there are some 3 million people who now follow the National Geographic Photographer on Instagram. So you know that his stuff is, is definitely popular in the crowd out there. And the final book in our best-selling this week category is actually going to be something from the self-publishing world. This is a uh, book three, actually. So this is the third in a trilogy by Jenny Schwartz. It's Rebel, The Adventures of a Xeno-Archaeologist, book three. This looks like an absolute blast. Here, let me read you the, the, uh, the log line. Life is complicated along the Hadrian line. Decisions made on the border will decide the fate of the entire human sector. Nora is adjusting to her new role as a player in the games of the powerful. She's gained some interesting enemies and some even more dubious allies. She has also been presented with a unique opportunity, courtesy of Jonah. The question is, 
who can she trust to explore it with her? <laughs> so it actually looks like a blast of a book to read. And right now it is um, the number one new release in metaphysical science fiction ebooks. So go ahead and uh, check that out or check out some of the earlier books in the series. It's always great to see self-publish and indie authors make it into the big time. And finally, I just want to read this poem by Robert Frost. Dust of Snow. The way a crow shook down on me the dust of snow from a hemlock tree has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part of a day I had rude. <laughs> well... I hope that everyone listening has the chance to see a moment like this today and that it changes the day from what it had been into something even better. Happiest holidays. I hope that those of you who celebrate Christmas have a wonderful day with friends and family safely and all appropriately vaccinated. And I will be back here next week. Same time, same station. Until then... Take it easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at ko-fi.com/roundtablewriters. Our music is spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cali Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.